This podcast is offered by Jikoji Zen Center on the web at jikoji.org. Our programs are made possible by donations from people like you. And I want to share um, a little bit in introduction about it. In, in, the, in book eight, uh, it talks about many different worlds. And, um, and I'll name them in a minute, but I, uh, in the text that uh, in, the, in book eight, what I've done is removed these uh, attributions to these different worlds because Um, for me, they're distracting from the meaning in the rest of the, the verse. So the translation of these names of the worlds include the world of endurance, the world of abundance, the world undefiled, rich pleasure, a world of inclusion, the world beneficial, and another one rarefied, uh, the, the world joy, the world door bolt, door bolt, and the world shaking sound and the world secret teaching. There are 14 different renderings of these four the, the Four Noble Truths, and they give many uh, different ways of looking at it, and that's what will be, um, you can read along, uh, chant along. Um, if you could mute yourself, that will probably prevent echo. Um, And let's see, here we are. And, uh, and so we'll see how it goes. What, what I was going to do is just read it thoughtfully. And uh, you might want to read along because reading along sometimes embodies the words in us differently. Or you may want to just let the words wash over you. And since I'm here with others, I got to behave too. So I'll share the screen and begin the reading. And then, and then when we're done, uh, we'll just take a moment of silence. Uh, and then we can begin um, commenting on it. And I'll, I'll let Mike uh, offer first comments if he wants, because he's giving the talk later today. So I think this is it. Okay. So people can see this. And people here in the Zendo uh, can chant along with me. There are 
like I said, there are 14 different sets of what the meaning of the four noble truths are. And, and so here we go. If any see the truly awake as becoming liberated and divorced from taints and not attached to any world, they have not realized the eye of the way. If any know the Buddha's substance and form have no existence and by cultivation gain clear understanding, such people will soon be Buddhas. Who can see this world unstirred in mind and likewise Buddha's body will attain supreme knowledge. I'm in the wrong spot. I, this is... This is not it. Hey, Doug, I think oh, you're I reading here. chapter here nine. Here we go. I mean, I, uh, yeah. there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, there. Uh, all right. So uh, um, there's a whole paragraph of prose of uh, beforehand in the final sentence of the prose paragraph is then the great enlightened being Manjushri said to the enlightened beings, children of the Buddha, the holy truth of suffering is sometimes called wrongdoing or oppression or change or clinging to objects or accumulation or thorns stabbing or dependence on the senses or deceit or the place of cancer or ignorant action. The holy truth of the cause of the accumulation of suffering may be called bondage or disintegration or attachment to goods or false consciousness or pursuit and involvement or conviction or the web or fancified conceptualization, conceptualizing, or following, or awry faculties. The holy truth of the extinction of suffering may be called non-contention, or freedom from defilement, or tranquility and dispassion, or signlessness, deathlessness, or absence of inherent nature, or absence of hindrance, or extinction, or essential reality, or abiding in one's own essence. The holy truth of the path to the extinction of suffering may be called the one vehicle, or progress toward serenity, or guidance, or ultimate freedom from discrimination, or equanimity, or putting down the burden, or having no object of pursuit, or following the intent of the saint, or the practice of sages, or ten treasures. In the world, there are four quadrillion such names to express the four holy truths in accord with the mentalities of sentient beings to cause them all to be harmonized and pacified. 
Here's the second set. What in the world is called the holy truth of suffering is called the sense of striving or, and seeking or not being emancipated or the root of bondage or doing what shouldn't be done or contending and struggling in all manner of situations or total lack of power to analyze or being depended on or extreme pain, hyperactivity, or things with form. What is called the holy truth of the accumulation of suffering is called following birth and death, or habitual attachment, or burning, or continuous revolving, or corrupt senses, or continuing existences, or evil behavior, emotional attachment, or the source of illness or categorization. What is called the holy truth of the extinction of suffering is also called the ultimate truth or emancipation or praiseworthy or peace and the place good to enter or docility or singleness or faultlessness or freedom from greed or resolution. What is called the holy truth of the path to extinction of suffering is also called bold generalship or superior action or transcendence or having skill in means or impartial eye or detachment from extremes or comprehensive understanding or inclusion, or supreme I, or contemplating the four truths. What is called the holy truth of suffering is also called fear, or individual mortality, or disgusting, or what should be worked on, or change, or ensnaring enemy, or deceptive usurper, or hard to work with, or false discrimination, or possessor of power. What is called the holy truth of the accumulation of suffering is called corruption, or ignorance, or great enemy, or sharp blade, or taste of destruction, or revenge, or not one's own thing or bad judgment, or bad guidance, or increasing darkness, or ruining goodness. What is called the holy truth of the extinction of suffering is called great meaning, or benefit, or goal of goals, or infinity, or what should be seen, or detachment from discrimination supreme pacification, constant equanimity, or worthy of living together, or non-fabrication. What is called the holy truth of the path to extinction of suffering is called able to burn up, or the highest class, or certitude, or unbreakable, or profound techniques, or emancipation, 
or not mean or base or mastery or essence of liberation or capable of setting free. What is called the holy truth of suffering is also called regret or dependency or aggravation or dwelling within walls or one flavor or untruth, living at home or abode of deluded attachment or false views or are innumerable. What is called the holy truth of the accumulation of suffering is also called no real thing, only having words or not pure or place of birth or grasping or baseness or increase or heavy burden or producer or roughness. What is called the holy truth of the extinction of suffering is also called incomparable or thoroughly cleared or removal of defilement or supreme faculties or harmony or independence or extinction of confusion or most excellent or the ultimate or breaking the seal. What is called the holy truth of the path to the extinction of suffering is called something indestructible or the part of appropriate means or the basis of liberation or reality of basic nature or the blameless or the most pure or the boundary of all existences or maintaining what is received complete or producing the ultimate or pure discernment. What is called the holy truth of suffering is also called the place of emotional attachment or root of danger and harm or the sectors of the ocean of existence or maybe or made by accumulation or discriminating senses, aggravation or origination and destruction, hindrance or base of sword blades made of sets. What is called the holy truth of the accumulation of suffering is called detestable or names or endless or different sets or not to be loved or able to grab and bite or crude things or emotional attachment or receptacle or stirring. What is called the holy truth of the extinction of suffering is called the end of continuation or revelation or no label or nothing to practice or no object of vision or non-doing or extinction or already burnt out or casting off the heavy burden or purged. What is called the holy truth of the path of extinction of suffering is called serene action, 
emancipating action, diligent practice and experience, gone to tranquility or infinite life, comprehensive knowledge or the ultimate path or difficult to practice or reaching the other shore or invincible. What is called the holy truth of suffering is also called able to plunder and usurp or not a good friend or full of fear or various fancies or the nature of hell or untruth or the burden of covetedness covetousness or roots of deep gravity or changing of moods or fundamental vanity. What is called the holy truth of the accumulation of suffering is called greedy attachment or wrong accomplishment or the evil excess of excess or nothing that can be explained or nothing that can be apprehended or continuous revolving in circles. What is called the holy truth of the extinction of suffering is called non-regression or beyond speech or formlessness or enjoyable or stability or supreme wonder or freedom from folly, extinction, detachment from evil, or escape. What is called the holy truth of the path to extinction of suffering is called beyond words, non-contention, teaching and guidance, good dedication, great skill, a variety of techniques, or space-like, serene action, supreme knowledge, and the ability to understand truth. What is called the holy truth of suffering is also called the heavy burden, or instability, or like a robber, or aging and death, or made of craving, or transmigration, or fatigue, or bad condition, or growth, or the sharp blade. What is called the holy truth of the accumulation of suffering is called decay, or confusion, or regression, or powerlessness, or loss, or opposition, or disharmony, or doing, or grasping, or wishing. What is called the holy truth of the extinction of suffering is also called escape from prison, or real truth, or freedom from troubles, or protection, or detachment from ill, or docility, or the fundamental, abandoning the cause or non-striving or non-continuation. 
what is called the holy path, the holy truth of the path to the extinction of suffering is also called arriving at non-existence or the seal of the totality or the treasury of meditation or attainment of light or the non-regressive state or ability to put an end to being or the wide great road or ability to, to tame or having peace and security or non-routinized faculties. What is called the holy truth of suffering is also called dangerous desires or place of bondage or misguided action or receptivity or shamelessness or rooted in greed or the ever flowing river or constant disintegration or the nature of torch fire or full of stress and anxiety. What is called the holy truth of the accumulation of suffering is called broad ground or tendency or distance from wisdom or obstruction or fear or laxity or taking in or attachment or ignorance being master of the house or continuous bonds. What is called the holy truth of the extinction of suffering is also called fulfillment or immortality or selflessness or absence of inherent nature or end of discrimination, abode of peace and happiness or infinitude cutting off of transmigration or cutting off compulsive mental activity or non-duality. What is called the holy truth of the path to extinction of suffering is also called great light, the ocean of explanation or analyzing meaning or the way of harmony or freedom from attachment breaking the continuum or the broad highway or the basis of impartiality or pure methods or supreme insight. What is called the holy truth of suffering is in the world joy called continuous revolving or birth or loss of benefit or habitual attachment or the heavy load or discrimination, inward danger, gathering or wrong abode or the nature of misery and affliction. What is called the holy truth of the accumulation of suffering is also called the ground or conveniences or wrong timing, untruth or bottomless or possessiveness, or departure from morality, afflictions, narrow, narrow views, or accumulation of defilement. What is called the holy truth of the extinction of suffering is calling, 
is called destroying dependency, not indulging or truth, equality, purity, freedom from sickness, undistorted, formless, free or birthless. What is called the holy truth of the path of extinction of suffering is called entering the supreme realm, cutting off accumulation, transcending comparison, vast nature or end of discrimination, the path of spiritual power or multitude of appropriate techniques or practice of right mindfulness or the ever quiet road or embracing liberation. What is called the holy truth of suffering is also called decaying form or like a broken vessel or the product of ego or embodiment of various tendencies or numerous routines or the gate of the multitude of ills or inherent pain or that which should be abandoned or flavorlessness or coming and going. What is called the holy truth of the accumulation of suffering is called the poison of anger or conglomeration or sensation or selfishness or mist, mixed poison or empty names or opposition, imitation or astonishment. What is called the holy truth of the extinction of suffering is called no accumulation or ungraspable or wonder medicine or incorruptible or non-attachment or immeasurable or vast or the sphere of awakening, the freedom from addiction or absence of obstruction. What is called the holy truth of the path to extinction of suffering is called peaceful action or detachment from craving, ultimate reality or entry into truth or the essential ultimate or manifestation of purity or concentration or heading for liberation, salvation or supreme action. What is called the holy truth of suffering is also called hidden sickness or the mundane or the dwelling place or conceit or the nature of habitual attachment or the torrent or, or unenjoyable hypocrisy, evanescence, evanescent or difficult to control. What is called the holy truth of accumulation of suffering is called that which must be controlled or mental tendencies or that which binds or arising in every thought or extending to the future or combination, discrimination or the gateway or blown by the wind or concealment. What is called the holy truth of the extinction of suffering is called no reliance, ungraspable, or returning, 
freedom from conflict or small or great or pure or inexhaustible or broad or priceless. What is called the holy truth of the path to extinction of suffering is called analytic observation or ability to destroy the enemy or seal of knowledge, ability to enter the essence or unopposable or limitless meaning or able to enter knowledge or the path of harmony, eternal imperturbability or the highest truth. Just as in the world, there are four quadrillion names to express the four holy truths. So in all the worlds to the east, hundreds of thousands of billions, countlessly, innumerably, boundlessly, incomparably, incalculably, unspeakably, inconceivably, immeasurably, inexplicably, many worlds. In each, there are an equal number of names to express the four holy truths, to cause the sentient beings there to all be harmonized and pacified in accordance with their mentalities. And just as this is so of all the worlds to the east, so it is with all the infinite worlds in the 10 directions. Doug? Yes. Could you repeat that? Yeah, I'll start over. So have you ever seen so many explanations of the four holy truths? And was it useful? Is it useful? You can turn on your mics now. I'd like to hear what you have to say. I, I think it's absolutely awesome. When I was about a quarter of the way through it, I wanted to take out a piece of paper and write down a list on one side of, of one group of, and then another list and another list. And I began doing that in my mind and thinking, well, if I just, and then, and then, I, then I began the suffering. Well, if I can just focus on this one list and completely forget these other two lists, then it'll all be perfect. You know, and I could just feel how sharing the lists um, kind of can be a dangerous thing in itself. Um, and one of the words was um, beyond words. I mean, at the very beginning, it was beyond words. So um, anyway, that was my response. I just thought it was awesome that you read that far. Oh, my God. And yeah. I love it. I really do appreciate it. I wish that you would immediately um, read it over again. Thank you so much. So I got two requests to read it over again. I, I will. Uh, Doug? Yes. Paula. Hi, Paula. Hi. Good morning. Um, I, re I, I read this several times and underlined so much that my underlines don't even mean anything. You know, it was... It was great hearing it, and I I like the way that in they're they're all the same they're all the tr same points that are being made, 
the truth of suffering, the cause of accumulation of suffering, extinction of, path to extinction of, and then the vast names for suffering. And they're different in all of our worlds. Yes. So they have, you know, the world is, the world's our secret teaching and undefiled and rich pleasure and truth of suffering. You know, uh, it's talking as if we are all in this world endurance. And then there are all these other words, other worlds and other words or phrases to express the same conditions and this, you know basically in the path and it's where's mike is mike going to explain this <laughs> or he's going to do that later <laughs> uh, he's he's uh uh wanting absolution right now <laughs> his turn will come this afternoon yes It really, it just really made me, it's the, it's the sense of boundlessness that's I think in this whole sutra and interaction and um, interbeing. And it, I think it is best expressed in, in this kind of language because it's, it's not just cut and dried. <laughs> For sure. In the in the past, I, I've recalled uh, having this conversation with uh, my cousin Robert, who uh, we would talk about a little bit about Buddhism, about suffering, and what is suffering? Well, is everything suffering, or what is it? And and I, I was kind of at a loss because it's like, well, it's maybe when you're in a when you're having a good time, you're not in suffering. But this points out that even in those times, yeah. all, we're, we're immersed in the sufferings, our attachments of one way or another. But uh, so it re- this really helped me um, expand my understanding or way of looking at how uh, suffering is, is viewed, can be viewed. Right. I guess the world, if the way I say worlds, it could be for every being, every being. So they have to come up with their own definition, maybe. Yeah, these are only a few of the quadrillion names in the quadrillion worlds. So yeah, what's just the beginning? And that was the other refreshing thing to me was it's it's um it shows the boundlessness of it. And I've never uh, heard that talked about uh, like you've just done Paula mentioning the boundlessness of it uh, by others. So this is a nice opening. So I always come back to the question of um, how does this how does this impact practice my practice 
So everything I take up these days, that question is always there. Um, and so as, as you were reading, Doug, there is, there is this, you know, this vast, the sense of vastness, this, this um, you know, when I think about being in the uh, endless, ceaseless arising and falling away of causes and conditions, moment to moment, sort of what this begins to do is tune the ear to um, the many, I guess, the, 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 the myriad manifestations of the forms, you know, this suffering, the nature of suffering, um, beginning to, you know, how does that tune the ear to that in order to help one respond, uh, to be alive to um, how one is perpetuating one's own suffering. And um, how one is, you know, and alive to what's, you know, the suffering of others, too. Because this is, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, the, what comes through with, it's, it's come through through for me as from from the first time I heard of Indra's net is um, the interflow, the interchange. You know, we talk about interbeing, the interflow, interchange of dynamics, and that that um, the nature of you know around suffering, the nature of suffering, the causes of suffering, and the um, the elimination of suffering. So I guess, I guess what this does for me, I think, and it has, you know, this has been an ongoing process, but it just, it just further, you know, it's how it attunes one to be able to hear, I guess, with a different kind of ear and see with a different kind of eye into the many manifestations, expressions of suffering. And, um, you know, what comes to me is this, you know, that, that statue of Avalokiteshvara with the many, you know, the, I, don't, I don't know if you've seen it, but in the Art Institute here in Chicago, there is one of, of, of her with the, the faces in the four different directions and all the arms and hands arrayed like a fan and each, each, uh, and each hand is an eye being able to see and hear and respond to the cries of the world. So it's, it's that tuning, this type of thing, it's, it's overwhelming and the mind can begin, my mind can become to sort of dull to it after a while. So I had to keep coming back, but it's, it's that, it, there's that sense in, in this of that attuning mm -hmm. to how to be able to respond. I guess, you know, that's how I have to, you know, I, that, that's how I come back, come back to my question is, what does this, how does this nourish, how does this inform practice and how one is in the world? Yeah, I, I like uh, the word attuning, uh, and, and that needs to be added to the sutra. Uh, so uh, as it evolves in the West, maybe it will, as, uh, but attuning a, a to, to these, uh, and I guess seeing the vast interconnections that uh, result in these sufferings, it, it's... Uh, Well, it could be said that 
with the with the many names of suffering that's been presented here and with the many names of the cause or accumulation of suffering and and it's released Naroda and it's uh, on the path. All these many names kind of dissolve into uh, no name, into actually namelessness. For me, they become, they almost, they almost kind of merge or glue themselves into one big, <laughs> one big embodied or disembodied sense of, uh, of being. But that, that in, a, in a certain sense, the sutra, uh, by its accumulation and by its effluence and by its sort of grand diversity is kind of disappearing the name of, of suffering or the, or the name of, of the cause of suffering. It, it's almost like they disappeared. That's a, a little, that's a little imprint that I had, particularly from the reading that you did. Does the suffering disappear too? And the accumulation of suffering as those names disappear? Well, I could say that, that all the names, uh, all these ver various names in, invite one to disown suffering or for the cause of suffering or to not, to make it uh, almost less less personal or less a sense of I am suffering so rather than there is suffering. Ah. Um, I am the cause of suffering rather than there are causes and conditions that create suffering. And uh, there is a release, but it's not necessarily my release. It's not necessarily my doing it's the, it's this this sense of how things work how things huh. naturally should work how things naturally should proceed the way and then the marble the path um, you know, proceeds from that so so i would say it's a this the the accumulation of names the kind of flooding of our senses with all these names it is, in a certain sense, dissolving um, our, our identity or ownership of the process and understanding the process is, is what happens in the universal, what happens. You know. Like, or share, you know, however we want to share. So it's away. So I didn't give you a bag, a bag of things to carry around, but it, in a way it just dissolved it all. That's interesting. How an accumulation of this kind of knowledge dissolves it all.
It's kind of what you're saying then. Maybe you're just throwing that out instead. Yeah. That's that's cool. Yes, Annie. I really appreciated hearing you um, say it because it was hard for me to read it to get through reading it. So, um, and in that, it uh, the idea of the net did come to me, which made it easier to understand that um, um we're all part of the net, the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Um, and also how we all can cause our suffering. We all can find ways to end our suffering in, in so many ways. And, um, and beyond words comes to mind as well. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you for uh, thank you for the reading, Doug. Um, uh, I gave up following along the text, and did as you suggested, just let the, the words wash over me, and um, I found it helpful to do that. Um, I noticed that you know there's two lines that are repeated intact verbatim over and over after each secret yeah. sequence, and that's the four quadrillion such names to express the four holy truths in accord with the mentalities of sentient beings to cause, and here's the purpose of it for the for the result, to come to cause them all or us all to be harmonized and pacified. So I, I think um, that's what we might look for in in the way of how does this contribute to our practice? Uh-huh. Do we experience being um, harmonized and pacified in some way? And, and the word harmonized, this, these are translations, of course, translations of translations, and who knows how many layers. But the word harmonized is another uh, way of saying attuned. Uh-huh. Someone used that word in the tune. Yeah. a good word uh-huh. also. Uh, so this, uh, the, the purpose of um, these four quadrillion or basically endless number of names is to help us uh, be harmonized and or attuned and pacified. So as you were reading this and going through these things, the image that, that came to mind for me was a diamond, in fact, a very large diamond with all of its many facets and the largest of diamonds, bigger than any diamonds we've ever seen. And it has, um, it's fractal in a mathematical sense that no matter how deep into it you look, there's more, it never ends. Okay, and you could continue to see those facets. It's kind of like a disco ball. Remember the disco ball uh, with all of its many, many mirrors, mm-hmm. four quadrillion mirrors rotating and casting uh, spots of light all around the, the room and the ceiling. So here's the diamond disco ball, the diamond fractal 
disco ball being described here. Mm -hmm. and, it, and the descriptions have no end to them because it keeps turning and we keep seeing different facets. And that's what we need to do. That's, there are so many uh, different mentalities of us that we need uh, endless teachings and endless experiences and endless insights in order to become harmonized and pacified. Thank you. Yeah, very nice. Anyone else like to speak? Um, Doug? Yes. Um, I, my response was when they got to joy being included in suffering, that all the distinctions disappeared. Even joy was suffering. And it suggested to me that, um, you know, everything is just, like John said, this gigantic mirror. I wasn't really thinking disco ball. That dates us. But yes, I remember disco balls. I was just thinking about mirrors. When you look, you just can keep looking back and back and back. It just is completely always reflective. And so that when joy was included in the definition of suffering, I thought, well, everything is suffering then. Everything that is in our experience is suffering. It's mirroring all of our experience always. And that we're either in the way of the flow or we're allowing the way. You know, once we remove the distinctions, we can just let it roll through us, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, so that line about joy being included in suffering was profound to me. I just, I, I wonder, um, this is pretty elementary, but, but how is the accumulation of suffering the same as the cause of suffering? Well, I, Yeah, that's a, a good point. Uh, what do you think, Tom? Well, I don't know. Um, I, I guess if you continue suffering, uh, it accumulates. But I don't, yeah, I don't know the answer to that. You know, we we could. I think Yogacara offers us an insight into that. Into um, if we look specifically at the eighth consciousness, the uh, the uh, the um, womb of becoming, and they talk about the seeds of becoming. And um, so, from from the Yogacara perspective, it's. 
we, we're seeing we're alive to the seeds of the wholesome seeds, the unwholesome seeds, and the neutral seeds. And and we being a, being awake to which ones we nurture. Mm -hmm. So if we're watering, we continue to water to nurture the unwholesome seeds, the causes of suffering. Then that, that just uh, from from the Yogacara perspective, that perpetuates. We just keep them going. And thereby we cause, and thereby we we cause the suffering. Well, yeah, there we, we, you know we need to understand suffering. There's existential suffering, you know, stuff happens, old age, sickness, and death, and everything else that life throws at us. And when we, generally, I think when we're talking about suffering from the Buddhist perspective, we're talking about our conditioned response to the existential stuff and and how that and so there we have a choice um, so the um, and an, another way to look at it um, there's an you know there's an article I, I came across a while back by Thani Saro Bhikkhu and talks about the karma of now where we're alive to you know, in this, in this ceaseless, endless, many manifestations, up, rising, falling away, causes and conditions, being alive to what shows up, arrives any moment. And being able to discern, and, and perhaps, at least, you know, now that I'm thinking about this, when we go back to this, this, this chapter, um, you know, how this alivens us again to what's wholesome, unwholesome, or neither. And, and in our response in any, in any given moment, are any of these conditioned patterns being perpetuated, sent on from this moment on? So there is, and there is, you know, there is an aliveness being awake to what's coming through, what's showing up at our door, and in our response to it. Thank you. And why is it in that world? And why, you know, then the world door bolt. Like, what is that? And and um, I, you know, it. So it's uh, there are a lot of stumpers in here, but um, it's it's just interesting to examine, for example, the accumulation of suffering, the causes of suffering, and look at them in the many different ways. Because it seems like within each one of those words, there are multiple fractals of um, yeah, uh, to explore, so. Doug, that, that term, could you spell it for me? Doorbolt? Capital D-O-O-R, capital B as in boy, O-L-T. Ah, ah. You know, this sort of aligns with um, something going on with me now. Um, 
you know, um, to the question, are we an open or closed system? Uh-huh. And um, it also sort of lines up with the fifth hindrance of doubt. Are we shut off? Do we shut off? Does our doubt shut us off? In what ways are we shut off? Uh-huh. Are, we, uh, are we closed uh, to experience? Um, so that's what comes up to me, for me, for that. Huh. Yeah, esotericism. You know, things are hidden. Same thing. So the, uh-huh. So... It may refer to that. Uh-huh. Uh, type of realm or world where, where things aren't available. I don't know if you heard that, but Mike said that it's uh, hidden things uh, where behind the door things are available. Esoteric. Esoteric things. But there is also the the world uh, secret teachings too. And uh, well, from a psychological standpoint, uh, there behind we keep uh, we we keep the shadow shadow side behind locked doors, uh, what we don't want to attend to. And and it's generally what we don't want to attend to, what we keep repressed, that keeps returning and haunting us. So that, yeah, that's a really apt image of keeping everything under lock and key. Yeah, well, I'm sorry I removed all those names from these sections because uh, it'd be good. Doorbolt is one of the last ones. It'd be good back, good, good to look at that again in, in that context. There's some others who haven't said anything yet. Anybody? Uh, Tizon? In the beginning was the word, and those who could name were given the special powers. They were looked to as, in some way, being kind of controlling elements. So when I hear all of these different ways, I think, I wonder if it's a cautionary tale of the fact that we have the ability to name all of these very subtle and minor ways in which there is suffering makes them real in a diluted sort of way. So I think it's a cautionary tale that language makes things so if we make it so. And so there's all these different possibilities, you know, ways of making ourselves suffer with this judgment by using all of these words. And uh, yeah, so I'll stop there and use fewer words.
these many words don't just describe suffering, they also describe the release from suffering, the, the path to the release of suffering. Also. Uh, Mike said that these words describe the ways to relieve suffering, the path of relieving suffering too. All right, anything, anything else, anyone? Okay then, thank you. Thank you all very much for, for joining us right now. And uh, this afternoon at three o'clock Pacific time, Sorry about that, uh, uh, Chuck. Uh, of course, it will only be five o'clock your time, right? And same with Tom. Good. Um, we'll, uh, uh, Mike gives the, the talk today. So um, hope to see you all then. And uh, uh, we have Zazen starting in, in about five minutes. And just to let you know, uh, we have uh, at least four Zabutans outside on the deck. In the last period of Zazen, three of them were occupied on the deck on the outside of the Zendo. So um, uh, it's sweet to be able to um, be outside for this Sashin. So. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by Jokoji Zen Center. Our Dharma talks are offered free of charge, and this is made possible by the donations we receive. Your support helps us to continue to offer the Dharma. For more information about Jokoji, please visit us on the web at jokoji.org.